0: Hello and welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast. Your health matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host for today. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free and you can call us anytime about any issue you need support for 1800 667 877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au My guest today is Anne Kinnear. Anne is the Chief Executive Officer of the Australian College of Midwives. Welcome and hello Anne. Hello Mark. Great to be in ha- here in Canberra with you Anne at the um, College of Midwives Officers and have you as our guest. Anne, would you please tell our listeners about you, your role at the, um, the College of Midwives and why you think nurse and midwife support is an important service for midwives?
1: Thanks, Mark, and thanks for the opportunity to chat with you about this. Um, Obviously, I'm a midwife, uh, first and foremost, and I came to midwifery through nursing, which I suppose many midwives did, uh, in the in the good old days, yes and, indeed. And still can today, but the majority are coming through uh, direct entry programs. but I did my uh, nursing training at Cairns base Hospital in North Queensland, and that was the old you know days when we did our hospital based training.
0: yes, as Jedi and, uh,
1: <laughs> and um, uh, I decided that uh, I wanted to become the charge nurse of the orthopedics ward I was working on, and to do that we needed a second certificate so. Off I went to Scotland to do my midwifery training, Um, and that too was a hospital-based training. Um, And my big plan was to do the uh, 18-months training, six-months van trip around Europe and back to Cairns to to get promoted into the management role. Yes. Um, But I got caught up and I I went off to Africa for a year instead of the van trip. Why And... uh, all of my friends had moved back to London when I came back and they all said, well, why don't you come to London? We're working in this marvellous hospital that has a wonderful maternity service and you're going to get great experience as a midwife. And I said, yes, that's for me. Um, but then I needed to get a work permit uh, and work permit led to um, uh, another three years of work permit, which led to permanent residency, which led to um, becoming a citizen. And I ended, found myself progressing my career for 18 years in the UK. Wow. And uh, I ended up as a a director of midwifery in a South London hospital in the London borough of Greenwich. Um, Yes. And then uh, I came to Australia and um, was deciding that I wasn't going to be a midwife anymore and I'd had enough of it. But uh, our good friends in midwifery and uh, elders of ACM, uh, Pat Brody and Nikki Leap, convinced me that I ought to go and work as a principal advisor midwifery in the New South Wales government which I did, and I became the principal advisor for maternity services there. And, of course, after about seven or eight years, I thought that was my dream job. Um, And then they said, we've got a job for you. This was Pat Brody and Nikki Leap again. They said, why don't you be the CEO of the ACM? And I said, oh, I don't think I can be a CEO. And they said, yes, you can. Um, And when I thought about it, I thought, well, I had a lot of generic skills that might apply, so I ended up here at the ACM, and this is my eighth year as CEO here. And as CEO, I'm essentially um, responsible for managing the business of the ACM and making sure we're meeting our um, objectives, achieving our mission and vision, and um, essentially uh, looking after the midwives so that they can look after the mothers and babies. Um, And in terms of nurse midwife support in that role, um, obviously, um, you've, you've done a wonderful introduction there, but I think it's a safe place for midwives and indeed nurses and students um, to talk about any health issues or anything that's worrying them really um, and be guided around staying or getting healthy um, for themselves so they can be the best person they can be but also the best midwife they can be. Yes. Um, so I think it's really important that they get to know about the service and uh, engage with you more.
0: Thank you, Anne. And you've certainly, um, the college, have, have done a lot of work in helping us get the message out about nurse and midwife support. So we're really grateful for that. And what an extensive and um, interesting career that you've had.
1: It's been a bit diverse.
0: Yeah, as, uh, as careers are often, I find, for nurses mm. and midwives. So thanks very much for sharing that with our listeners. And at the um, Australian College of Midwives National Conference in 2018 in perth where we were both at i ran a workshop on self-care for midwives self-care it's all about you Mm. the the midwife Uh, and the feedback was very positive with midwives really connecting with the message about the importance of self-care why do you think self-care is important for midwives
1: well i think self-care i mean it's it's a it seems to be a bit of a new fad of a term but i think um, looking after yourself and caring about yourself has been really important for um, all health professionals, but we, we haven't really spent time thinking about why it might be important and also um, we're so busy caring and giving that we often forget to care for ourselves. And yes. We often speak about who cares for the carers. Yes. Um, and in a way, your service does that and so does uh, a peak national body like ourselves Um, peak professional body for midwifery. So we we believe we have a bit of a role in caring for them as well. And part of that is uh, making sure they access services a bit like yours. But in in maternity services, and it's probably the same across nursing, there's a lot of pressures and stresses in the system. And the way we provide healthcare has changed so much. Um, There used to be peaks and troughs in the working day. And, you know, uh, the healthcare needs of... Of the women and babies would were, were quite acute, but they would drop off and they had longer lengths of stay. but what we see now is that we have this acuity at a high peak constantly, and those who need us usually can't wait, and so that adds a pressure to the to the to the work environment. Um, work and home environments are not necessarily always supportive um, and and midwives often feel a little bit isolated and can be quite vulnerable yes. in those spaces. And not only that, because, and they don't want to talk about that, um, A, with your employer necessarily, um, and probably not with your regulator, but a service like yours um, gives them that confidential private space to have those conversations. And And I, talk, I was supervisor of midwives in the UK, and one of the things I saw my role as was I called it um kind of rescuing clinicians. Yes. So trying to uh support them and get to them before they, you know, ended up being notified or or, or in trouble with their health that makes them not a good practitioner. So I think looking after their registration is important and um doing that is it's important day for their livelihood, but it's also important for the care they're providing the mothers and babies. And so um, self-care is important for all of those things for self and for for others around them um, I find. Um, and it's very serious um, their self-care because as I said, uh, it has such long reaching impacts on their lives. yes.
0: Um, Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Anne. At Nurse and Midwife Support, we talk about filling your own cup first, Mm. which is a bit of a um, foreign concept to many nurses and midwives who are used to being in the service of others and caring for everyone else first. But we try and reverse that by saying, if you actually fill your own cup first, then you'll have greater capacity, if you've said, to care for others. Mm. And so, you know, it's not selfish. It's an important thing to do. Uh, and you can, um, our listeners can't see us, but we've got nurse and midwife support mugs here. Okay. Uh, and so if any of you would like our mugs, please contact me via our website. and We can send you and your team some so that you actually get into the, um, the routine of filling your own mug first mm-hmm. and, uh, and your health matters. My self-care plan includes spending regular time in my garden, which I love, three-acre garden, it's very big. Um, daily meditation practice, which I've really come to in the last two or three years, particularly since I've been doing this job, because I've really connected with the importance of meditation and mindfulness. Exercise I particularly like because it makes me feel good. And spending time with people I love, particularly those that make me laugh. Humour, I think, is uh, very, very close to nurses and midwives. We like a good laugh. And what do you do to maintain your Hmm. self-care?
1: It's a good question, Mark. And you mentioned humour there and and laughter. And I really think we should be working at having more laughter in our lives because uh, with laughter brings syntosin on. Of course, that's so core to our well-being. Um, And our work is midwives, so laughter is really, really important. Um, I too uh, enjoy gardening, but I enjoy garden design um, and I enjoy building things. Um, So I I have this belief that I can actually do anything. I can learn about it. I'm relatively intelligent. I can figure it out. And so I'll do bricklaying and carpentry and, um, you know, all those sorts of things that I think I'm, I'm in a privileged position where if I don't do it very well I can pay someone to fix it. But it gives me a lot of pleasure and a lot of relaxation to do that. Um, and you spend a lot of time uh, on your own doing a lot of these things so you're reflecting as you're working and gardening and weeding and uh, we have a largeish property as well and they walk the dogs and so you spend time um, just uh, thinking. And I think something we all should get used to is that having silence is okay.
0: Yes. Um,
1: And by having silence, you actually uh, get more at one with yourself. And so I do a fair bit of that. I would say that I'm not into meditation, but if I reflect on it, I think I do a lot of things that are meditative. Yes. And um, through being always positive and always thinking about the impact of of things that are happening around me and not being negative about it, um, and so it's mindfulness in a way. Yes, uh, yeah. but I probably wouldn't wouldn't fess up to to being a meditator.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point, Anne. A lot of nurses and midwives I meet they they're not into mindfulness and meditation, but when I reflect on the way they look after themselves, just as you say. They are really practicing those moments of mindfulness that mm. are reconnecting or resetting them to uh, to feel good and to refresh and to be present in that moment with the women that they're mm. caring for sure. or the families they're caring for. And I think, you know, that a lot of people are doing that naturally. So it doesn't matter what we call that, mm. as long as it fills your own mug, as we say. What we've really connected with this year is that the Code of Conduct for Midwives, Principle 7 around health and wellbeing, actually requires midwives to engage in their own um, health promotion and wellbeing. So it's it's the value that says midwives promote health and wellbeing for women and their families, colleagues, a broader community and themselves in a way that addresses health equality. So I think that's great. That's in, in our code of conduct and it requires us all to connect with our own self-care and our own well being. So um, as you're listening to this, hopefully you're thinking about your own self-care and how to put that plan into place. There's some great resources on the Nurse and Midwife Support website and I know the college has resources as well because I've, I've seen them. What advice do you have for midwives um, and as as they may be developing their own self care plan? Like, you know, if you were kind of thinking, I really need to do this a bit more formally, what advice would you have for them?
1: I think the first trick is to realise that we need to be active about our self care. It's not a passive thing that washes over you and um, will just automatically happen. So we have to bring it forward in our level of consciousness and be aware of its importance um, for yourself, and not even as a midwife, but as a, as a person and as a, as a friend and as a lover and all those things that we are to other people. Um, so being active about it. Um, and, of course, you've said that uh, the Nurse and Midwife Support website has great tips, and uh, I was reading your tips about exercise and sleep and mindfulness and, and diet. I mean, we all know those things, but it's actually bringing it forward so that we think about it for ourselves. You know, it's a practice what you preach kind of approach uh, for yourself. Indeed. Um, And then thinking about uh, how our thoughts impact on us. It's not just about sleep and exercise and diet. Um, It's also about our thoughts. And I was listening to a woman speak about the impact of our thoughts and if you're someone who often has negative thoughts and you stew about things and so your thoughts are taking over your whole demeanour, she said, but you are not your thoughts and you can moderate your thoughts and you can ignore your thoughts. And so it's bringing that to your level of consciousness as well about uh, being positive. And, um, you know, it's an old adage, but the cup half full really does work. Um, around your attitudes around people and how you work and how you go about your work and so I think the the midwives do need to be active about it they need to find time for their own space um, and again enjoy silence and don't be afraid to ask for help I think I mean there's no one way that would fit you know there's no formula for self-care people need to do it in their own context in their own place yeah but please be active about it and um get onto it and, and make sure you are filling your cup, filling your mug with uh with all of the things that give you resilience for your well being.
0: Thanks, Anne. I really like that. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And at Nurse and Midwife Support, we really like to be in the space of health promotion and early intervention so that we're supporting people very early on if they're, they're feeling that they need that support. So just as Anne says, listeners, please call us anytime. We're available 24-7-1800-667-877. Now, Anne, you recently announced your retirement. I did. <laughs> How are you feeling about that?
1: I'm feeling quite excited uh, about it, Mark, because um, I think it offers new opportunities to learn and grow and, you know, when you say you're retiring, um, it doesn't mean you're actually stopping. You know, you're not grinding to a halt and sitting on your veranda waiting to die. Um, I think uh, people need to realise that, you know, just because you retire, it doesn't mean your mind stops being active and I think it's really important that um, we, we just, it's just about a mindset of changing the way you're working. You're moving away from traditional working hours and traditional employment models, but you continue to function and work and use your skills in other ways. For example, I have a high interest in uh, land care and greening Australia, and I have every intention of uh, getting involved in those organisations and using my skills that I bring from my career into assisting the types of work that they do. And also, I'll continue to work... um, on boards that I'm on, and um, I'll do other work if people ask me to, and it interests me. Um, I'm fortunate to be in a position where I don't have to work, and but I will work formally if it's interesting and I want to do it.
0: Sounds very exciting to me, Anne. When I first heard um, when you told me last year at the um, Australian College of Midwives National Conference that you were retiring and that you you were going to. Um, finish up in September 2019 this year, I thought, what a great plan and how wonderful that you've put a lot of thought into your transition to retirement and how considerate you've been to the Australian College of Midwives in relation to planning for the succession plan. So I think your example highlights the importance of career transition, planning and communication around uh, um, changing your career or leaving your job. So what advice do you have for midwives who might be asking themselves, what next? Or how do I plan for the next stage of my career or life? It might not be retirement, might be a new job, Mm. might be moving to a new area. What advice do you have, Anne?
1: I think the main thing um, is to keep your mind open to possibilities and always work to your strengths um, because... Uh, if you think about it, we all have lots of strengths that are transferable, lots of skills that can be used in other ways and I think seize opportunities so if opportunities arrive uh think about them carefully, and the things to do would be to think about your strengths, how can that work there um and do you want to actually change jobs? You know you might find opportunities and you might have everybody around you going, that's the perfect job, but actually. Is that what you want? But to take the time to think about that carefully, and I think it's perfectly okay to be a, a very skillful, experienced clinician as well. You know, not everyone has to go along the career pathways that are traditional. Um, we are lifelong learners, so you know, as a clinician, you should be learning every day. And I realise that the more I learn, the more I realise I don't know, and I think that's really important to to have that in the forefront of your mind as well. But Talking to others, um, recognising that those you admire are often great confidants and are keen to help you think yes. through these things. Um, and, you know, I'd say my whole career was never planned. I took opportunities and, and uh, seized upon them. And so it's kind of been a total accident
0: that <laughs> I've ended up where I
1: have. But it's yes. a joyful accident for me.
0: Yeah, I really like that term joyful accident and I think a lot of midwives listening to this and indeed um, nurses will listen to this too would really relate to that. I remember many times in my career and um, Anne and I were talking prior to um, recording this podcast a bit about our careers, starting to reminisce as Mm. we, we do and yesterday was 35 years since I started my nursing career and um, and I think we naturally reflect on those, um, on our careers and those um, highlights in our career. So when you look back, Anne, as inevitably you are and you will, as you reflect, as you say that that you like to do, has there been a career highlight or several?
1: I think I'd have to say that there's several because your career is not homogenous is it it has different facets and different places and contexts where you will have achieved something and um, uh, I've thought of a few and uh, one was when I was quite a quite a newly qualified midwife and um, a woman had come in and her baby had died she had a stillbirth and she needed to be cared for yes. um, and so I got assigned to look after this woman who I didn't know um, and you know obviously it took us the entire shift for her to to give birth to her beautiful baby yes. and we formed a bond in that time and um, she left and was very grateful and uh, I think with midwives it's very special when you spend time with women who are are giving birth to their dead babies and they they really appreciate the bond that comes. But what made a difference around that particular woman for me was that about three years later, I was obviously uh, much more experienced and I'd become the midwife in charge of the birth suite in in South London. And um, she called the hospital and asked for me. And she turned out she was 21 weeks with twins and she was afraid that they had died. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh goodness come in you know and of course um, I was able to facilitate her getting the care she needed over the next couple of weeks while she was worried and she was reassured the babies were fine but of course they died because often women know what's coming with that and we facilitated a wonderful experience for her and that for me was a highlight about what you can do for women in in, uh, not so nice circumstances and using your position, you know, as you as you come up through the ranks and you get managerial positions or, or you know, other positions of authority, you have opportunities to do so much good yes. um, for others. And as a supervisor of midwives in London, for example, I helped a woman. She wanted to have her breech birth at home, and so we made all sorts of arrangements so that she could. Um, and once I came to Australia, for example, I said I was the principal adviser for maternity services in New South Wales. We developed a policy called Towards Normal Birth in New South Wales, and it made an enormous difference to the way the maternity services throughout New South Wales were asked to change the way they thought about birth and how they had to do things to try and promote normal birth. And it wasn't to say that some women didn't need intervention, but it was about making sure that all of those who didn't need it weren't taken down that path yes um and here a big highlight for me here at the college um, was when they reviewed the uh, national regulation accreditation scheme we secured the recognition of midwifery as a distinct profession and for me that's a real highlight and and to be in 2019 and it's only last september where it was enacted into the national law is incredible thinking to me because I've been so used to midwifery as a distinct profession right from when I qualified as a midwife in Scotland in yes. 1985. Wow. So that's a huge achievement here.
0: Absolutely. Uh, in the
1: circumstances. And so there's, a, there's an awful lot of highlights, I think. Um, and it's nice to... Have an invitation to think about them thank you
0: yeah thanks for sharing and i think those stories um you know that you've shared um and particularly about supporting women going through uh, the stillbirth of a child of a baby is very poignant and mm. many midwives i know will connect with that they
1: will indeed
0: so, so thanks so much for sharing that Thanks, Anne. I can't believe we've come to the end of this podcast. Today, we've talked about nurse and midwife support, the importance of self-care to well-being and thriving as a midwife. We've talked about career transition and the importance of planning for different stages of your career. We've reflected on and celebrated your career, Anne, and what a great career it's been. Thank you, Anne. You've been a great guest, and I know midwives listening to this will benefit from your words of wisdom. You can find out more at nmsupport.org.au or call us anytime on 1800 667 877. If you found this podcast useful, please share it with other midwives and students. Your health matters. Look after yourself and each other. Speak to you next time.